are now listening to the Dad Rules Podcast with your hosts, Mario E. and Kid. Welcome back to another episode of the Dad Rules Podcast featuring one of your hosts, me, Mario E., my other co-host, Kid. Kid, what do you do? Man, nothing much, man. Blessed to be here. Yeah, yeah. So today's podcast, we're talking about put your best foot forward. Dads, we want to give you guys our opinions and our thoughts and some tools that you can use about being excellent and how to teach your kids how to be excellent. All right. So, kid, what do you got for us today? Well, when I started thinking about it, you know, obviously being a dad and having this Dad Rules podcast, just like you previously stated, we want to help all dads. You know, we're all on that journey of fatherhood. And when I think about my son and excellence, I think we all want our kids to achieve excellence. But how do we do that? And I feel like that we have to celebrate the small victories that our kids have. I think because that builds their confidence along the way. And by giving them praise, then that makes them work even harder to get things accomplished that they want to get accomplished. So I was just thinking about my son and how when he was potty training, I mean, he's three years old now and he's been potty trained for a while now. But when we first started, you know, when he first used the bathroom, I mean, we we made a really big deal. Oh, man, that's great. You know, you want to treat, you know, give him like uh, some he loves these airheads. So, you know, give him a piece of airhead and say, man, this, this is what happens, man, when you do well or this is what happens when you do great things. And we just yeah. made a huge celebration about it. And that motivated him to want to positive reinforcement. Yeah. So it gave it it made him want to continue to be excellent in that part of life. And I even thought about like when I think I was on Netflix or Disney Plus, and then the you know, when you go to the search menu and all the letters come up, and my son, he's kind of person like he has to do things on his own terms. Like if you ask him to count to 10 or you ask him to say his ABCs, you know, he's going to act like he can't hear you or whatever. So I called him that time when he started (laughs) saying the ABCs. And soon as he got the Z, I just exploded. Like, oh man, picked him up, threw him up in the air. And he's like all excited. Yeah, Just letting him know that those are the things that we want to see you do. And right now you are achieving excellence. And, and that's why I say a small victories. So for me, him saying somebody saying ABCs may not be the biggest deal in the world, but for him, that's a good accomplishment. So we can't lose sight on how they feel about their accomplishments just because we accomplished that a long time ago, you know? So as they embark on each thing that they're trying to accomplish, we have to reward that and celebrate that. Um, I learned that. I learned that a long time ago um, with Tim, you know, my nephew, Uh, Tim is my nephew, but we grew up together. You know, we were around each other all the time. So we grew up more like brothers instead of, you know, uncle and nephew type relationship. So right. I got him into football and and he excelled in football. 
He went on to play Division I football, had a great career, and then he has his four-year degree on full scholarship and all that good stuff. And that's what kept him going was the praise that he got. When, even when he was young, yeah. you throw on the ball, he catch it. Yeah, yeah, let's go. Way to go, boy. Way to go. You know, just pumping him yeah. up, man. And, and it just, it never stopped. At each age, I feel like we have to continue to encourage our kids. We have to keep pushing them on. Guys, dads, it's nothing wrong with being your child's number one fan. It's nothing wrong with letting yeah. people know that. Let people say what they want to say nothing about you. Wrong. That's yeah. your child. Nothing wrong with that at all. Look, and when they're doing good, when they're doing good, people don't want to say anything. But as soon as they start doing bad and start doing things they shouldn't, then they the talk of the town, you know? So I feel like when they're doing good, we need to talk. We need to talk about them all the time and push them up, you know, because we as parents, we as dads, we're that first line when it comes to instilling confidence in our kids. Right. We right. can't depend on um, the schools. We can't depend on the community center. We can't, can't depend on the neighborhood to teach our, our kids that confidence. We have to teach them that confidence or give them that confidence at home. So when they That's go right. out in the world, home. they feel like they're equipped to take on anything. Right. So let, let me ask you this. Let me let me ask you this, bro. So I, I definitely understand what you're saying as far as celebrating the wins and the positive reinforcement. I want to get your take on this because it sounds like you might be into participation trophies. All right, man. And you know, that's that's the elephant in the room, okay? I see the elephant, it's over there in the room. We gotta talk about it. You know, I know like some dads are definitely against participation trophies. Some may be for it, you know, depending yeah. on the generation you're with, you know? Let, yeah. let, 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 me, let, let me hear what you got to say about that. I guess with participation trophies to me, I feel like I'm not necessarily for them, but I understand their purpose. Their purpose is to afford mm, hard work. Okay. Okay. It's, 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 it's like this. Okay. You go to your job every week. You can work hard every day for eight hours or 10 hours, whatever you work. And then after those eight or 10 hours, you're still horrible at your job. That's a possibility. I mean, we 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 see it all the time. People <laughs> go to their different jobs and it's just not their thing. Okay? It's not their thing. And then you have a, another coworker with them that they may be excellent. They may be perfect on their job. Nobody's perfect, but you you get what I'm saying. They mm -hmm. may do it at at a rate above everybody else. They work their eight, 10 hours, they get paid the same thing. So is that a participation trophy? Okay, somebody's clearly better than the other, but both of them are getting a reward. I would say that I'm not so much against 
um, participation trophies because I understand that participation trophies are not necessarily telling you that you're the number one team this year or you're the champion. That doesn't tell you that. Sometimes it's just like a, a token or something that helps you to remember the season, remember your hard work. This is what you got when you came out every day. You worked hard every day, even though you didn't win. Every, even though you didn't win the championship, but you're not the number one team. But we're going to give you this just so you can remember the hard work that you put in and what y'all did accomplish this year. Okay. Um, okay. I feel. Hey, so let me hold on. Now, me personally, I'm more against somebody being at a game. And this is what I absolutely cannot stand. Okay. If you being at a game, and I don't care what age they are. I hate being at a game where they, where they say, okay, ladies and gentlemen, there are no winners and losers today. We're all winners. <laughs> right. Come on, man. Come on, man. Like, no, it's a it's it's winners and it's losers. It it, it is what it is. So from that standpoint, no, I'm not necessarily for particip- participation trophies. But I'm not necessarily against them, but I am against you telling everybody that everybody's winners because that's not life. Right. Right. And you you take a look at people who work in sales, who work off commissions. When you work harder and you and you do better than everybody else, you got the most sales for the company in that quarter for that year. You mm-hmm. tend to have a bigger bonus. You know, there yeah. are plenty of executives work for these major corporations. You know, when the company makes you know, all these, you know, great profits, these CEOs get million dollar bonuses, you know? Yeah. So it, that, that is a thing that, you know, they, they put in the work, they put in excellent work and they got rewarded for it. I, I definitely understand what you're saying as far as participation trophies and there are no winners and losers and, you know, that, that type of deal. I definitely get that. One of the things I think about though, as far as when I think about the topic of putting your best foot forward, I think about two things. One thing I think about, in addition to the other things that you talked about, I think about, you know, definitely putting in the hard work, but I, I, I say practice. And okay. I say practice because, so I'll tell a story real quick about my son. He, he runs track, okay? And don't, get, don't ask me where he gets his speed from because he didn't get it from his old man, okay? <laughs> <laughs> he did not get it from me. You know, my wife, she likes to run or whatever stuff, but she would also say she didn't, he didn't get it from her. He just has, he's just a fireball of energy and the boy is very, very quick and he loves to run. That's the whole reason why we got him in soccer when he was like three years old, because he loves to run. He can run all day long, right? But for whatever reason, Israel does not like to practice. Like it's one of those things like with him, like he likes to run either for fun or when it's when it when it's like you know he's getting ready to run the 100 or the 400 or whatever then is he wants to just run and be done he don't want to run necessarily you know like the, the you know how it is in sports you know the coach going to run you to death right the coach going to yeah, run you he's going to run you push ups and burpees right that's that just comes with it so he yeah. he likes to like run for fun and like race that's that's what he likes to do right he's so, a gamer yeah, he, yeah, yeah. He's he's uh, Allen Iverson. That's what I say. Practice, <laughs> practice. <laughs> you know, that's that's practice. him. Yeah. You talking about practice? Talk about practice. Yeah. So 
for him, when during the part of the practice, when it's, you know, it's compete time, let's race against each other. He's all with it. You know, he's giving it all, all he got, but when it's just practicing and, and just, just seeing, you know, like just running people, he, he doesn't get too involved in that. He's, he's like, I'm ready to go. I can see it all over his face. Right. Yeah. So that whole season, the coach, you know, he, he was running them and running them and running them all the time, but there's a method to the madness, right? It's so that when you get to the track meet, and you, when you see, when you, when you come to our track teams meets, it's, it's, it's amazing because for the most part, it's almost like everybody medals, every single, uh, it's a, it's a lot of medals that go around on our track team, just because we're already prepared. Why? Yeah. Because we practice. And so my son, we went to several track meets his first year and we would go and he would, you know, it, again, like I said, you know, he, he didn't really like to practice, but he would, he would still go in there and work hard. Yeah. I could see him getting better because he worked a whole lot on his form. The coach did. Cause you know, he was just raw. He was just yeah. raw as far as running, not running with the right form and all that stuff. So practice. So, so uh, the track season went on and went on. He would always do pretty well, but he never got a medal. We get down to uh, the, uh, the qualifiers to make it to regionals. And he does pretty good there that he qualifies a running regional. Still, still never won a medal though. Still never came in first, second, third. We get down to regional. This is this boy's first time doing the triathlon. Okay. Mm -hmm. So for his age group, the triathlon was the 400, the, uh, geez, it was, it was the 400, the shot put and the high jump. When I tell you he got third place at regional in our region, like it's like four or five different states in that region. And he got third place in that particular region. And we actually got to go to the junior Olympics okay. his first year just because of that. And I, I, I kept telling him, I was like, you got there because of the practice. We yeah. practiced. Yeah, you didn't, you didn't win initially, but you got better and better and better. And that's what it's all about, son. You have to put the hard work in. You exactly. have to put your best foot forward. You can't just, yeah, I get what you're saying. You know, you, you, like you said, he's a gamer. You know, you don't want to practice. You just want to go in there and do it and, and get it right the first time. But sometimes you got to practice. You got to put that hard work in, son. And I think that's one of the lessons that I'm glad that the coach does that to those, uh, does that to the team. He runs them like that so that, you know, we can, as parents, you know, I'm able to teach my son, like, hey, you got to put the hard work in. If you want yeah. something, you got to put the work in. Yeah. You understand what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Because I, I see that a lot. Um, I've seen that in like kids that are like academically gifted. Um, they get everything right now. Right. And then they just feel like they're pretty good with it. And like, they don't have to work as hard. And I'm like, uh, no, you still need to study. You still need to try and get every concept that you can. Because Absolutely. you're going to get to one, you're going to get to a level somewhere. It might be when you get to high school. It might be when you get to college. It might be in grad school. Whatever the case is, you're going to get somewhere. Job. Yeah. Or it might be on the job where you're going to have to do some extra research. You're going to have to do some extra studying. You're going to have to get yourself better because things are not going to happen for you naturally all the time. And, you know, I, I keep thinking about Kobe Bryant. I just keep thinking about him. 
because his workout regiment that he had, how he was getting up at four o'clock, he said he would work out from four to six and then he would take a break, go eat at seven. And then he'd be back out there, uh, rest at eight. And then he'd be right back at nine, going nine to 11. Then he would rest at 12 and then he might go back out at three. And then he just worked out all night and then go, <laughs> then go to bed yeah. and then get back up and do the same thing again. And he was saying that I work out so much. I work out so hard that if I continue to do this, it doesn't matter how much these other players do in the summertime, they will never catch up to me. Right. And, and to me, that's excellence. And I, and you know, I keep going back to Tim because I just feel like I was blessed to be able to have a hand in on raising a young man. And now when I'm raising my son, it's kind of like I'm getting a, a second go round with my son. And like with Tim, Tim, like I said, he was a really good athlete, really good athlete. And on a local level, you know, he was a standout. And then even at a regional level, you're still a standout. Then you go to the state level, then you're you're one of the best in the state. And then when you get to that national level, that's when I, (laughs) me and my dad, um, we were very, very active in his life and in in with him during his athletic journey. And I remember taking him to Raleigh, North Carolina. Um, and I'll go ahead and shout out the camp. Um, it was a VTO camp. It was a VTO uh, combine. And we went down there and he got picked out. Maybe from 30 guys there, he got picked out. Top two guys were able to go to Dallas, Texas to compete, just like you were talking about Junior Olympics. Yeah. Um, they I went down, you guys went to that. Yeah, we went down to Dallas, Texas and competed with the top 250 kids in his class. And when I tell you, it was a whole lot of Tims down there. Mm. So when we got back home, it was the conversation had to be had that, okay, there's a whole lot of you out there. So how are you going to separate yourself? Right. And the only thing we could come up with is I got to put in more time than everybody else because everybody else, generally speaking, they're just hairline distance away from each other. Nobody's that much greater than anybody down there at that point. Everybody's around the same level. And everybody got the grades pretty much. Yeah. So what are you going to do to set yourself apart where somebody will offer you a scholarship over these 15 guys over here? Yeah. So hey, hard was, work and practice, man, it, it it's unmatched. So you said something that just made me think about this, right? I, I, your, your physical abilities and your, you know, your naturally God-given talents that you have, like when I'm, I'm speaking in, as far as in the realm of sports right now, right? Mm-hmm. A lot of times, and I've, I've heard, I heard Deion Sanders say this. Yeah. And we all know he was like one of the, he, one of the best defensive players of all time, if not the best. Yeah. And definitely one of the fastest players, if not the fastest yeah. of all time. And definitely the top cornerback of all time, my oh, opinion, yes. right, in the NFL. And I remember where he was he was on one of those networks and he was talking about, uh, there was this picture that was taken, I think, I forget what team he was with, but maybe it was with the Falcons. But mm-hmm. he was talking about how, 
you know, people might have mistaken him sometimes as just, you know, for his his bravado and all this stuff and, you know, him going around bragging and talking trash and things like mm-hmm. that. They just just thought that, hey, he was just this gifted athlete. But yeah. he pointed out in the picture, he said, if you notice, I'm back over there. And I'm watching film is what he said. He said, I always did that. He said, I studied the wide receivers. I, would, I had to go and play against every week. And yeah. you hear the stories about him. You hear the stories about people like Peyton Manning watching tons and tons of film. You hear yeah. about the stories about Tom Brady and Ray Lewis and all these greats. And you hear about even in basketball as great as, you know, like, uh, like I, I, I don't think LeBron is the GOAT. We're not going to even go there. But I know LeBron, he watches a lot of film. Yeah. Right? And so it's these things where these guys are at the top of their game physically, athletically. Yes. And God-given talent is at the top. Yeah. Right. But they, they but to, that to, takes them to the nether level is that hard work they put in on the mental side that, hey, I'm going to put my best foot forward, that I'm already know that I have what it takes physically, but I'm going to outwork you up in my mind too. And so, mm-hmm. you know, even if, if dads, you know, if you've got sons, or daughters who are very physically gifted in in softball, baseball, basketball, football, whatever the sport is, tennis. Yeah, you got to get them also put in that work on the other side too. That's yeah. that's what's going to separate them. And so uh, let me segue into this. So my daughter, she's not an athlete, right? But she plays mm-hmm. some soccer and you know tried out for volleyball and these other little different types of things. But she was always athletically gifted, and you know I think you kind of mentioned it when you were talking about how, you know, as you go on further and further into uh, school, sometimes you have to, some pe- people, maybe in middle school, they don't have to pick up a book at all because they know. Yeah. Then when you get to high school, it's like, oh, maybe you got to take on some homework every now and again. But sometimes by college, you got to be studying every night because it's a different level. Yeah. You have to go. And so my daughter, you know, she's, she's definitely someone who I've seen as she's mature who has had to put in that work as, as it goes up. You know, she's in college now, college freshman or whatever. Shouts mm-hmm. out to her. But she's definitely someone who's putting in that work on, on, the, on the academic side. And yeah. I told her, you know, it's, it's one of those things where, you know, with my son, I'm telling him about practice, practice, practice. But with her, it's like, hey, you know, you got to necessarily put in that hard work because, hey, you, that hard work is going to pay off with, you know, internships and, yeah. and and she graduated with honors from high school and all these different things and was eligible for all these different scholarships so you know it's uh, practicing a hard work man they go hand in hand man oh, it's, yeah. it's that, that's what you got to do that's that's most putting definitely. your best foot forward most definitely most definitely yeah I, I i really feel like that you know hard work is what what gets you there and you brought up academics and you know, I know we're talking about sports right now and you have to have both sides of it. Mm-hmm. And that can't start later on. That has to start right now. Whatever whatever age you are at, like, or whatever age your kids are at, they need to get those academics in line because that, again, is what's going to set you apart because I know when the college scouts come and they talk, first question they ask them is what the GPA is. Mm-hmm. And when are you going to take the SAT or the ACT? That's right. what they're asking. Um, and I don't care how good you are. It's not going to matter. 
You have to have the academics. And I say, if, if that's what you want to do, you have to exhibit excellence in both categories. Absolutely. To be a part of um, that fraternity. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's, it's also a thing where even you see it in, on your jobs and we kind of touched on it already, but there's a certain level of preparation that you need to have in order to do to do things better. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, if, if you're on the job. And sometimes you can make it through by just winging it. Mm -hmm. OK, you might have a big presentation at work to give. You might have a big presentation or something like that at, at work, but. You may can make it through the first time winging it, but no, you can't do that on a regular basis. No, you can't. And it's so important that we have to teach our kids that, hey, you know, you might have slid through that time. You might have got an A on that paper, you know, daughter, because, yeah. you know, you, you, you stayed up until, you know, three o'clock in the morning to write it, to turn it in that next morning. But that's not the way you want it to be all the time. You, you got to yeah. put in that hard work, you know, all the time. So it's, 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 it's what's called, like we said, putting your best foot forward. It's, it's being excellent. And being excellent is being prepared as well. So, And I think it's, I think it's easier for kids to achieve ex excellence in things that um, they have an interest in. Absolutely. So, like, right now, Jonah's really into drums. And that's something that I don't have to go tell him to do. You know, he does it anyway. He goes play the drums. He watching videos of drummers, and I can see the progression of him getting better. But what is he doing? He's playing them every day. <laughs> you know, right. so he's playing them every day. So he's he's getting better. So if you want your child to achieve excellence, like in academics, he they need to spend time in it. If they're having a hard time reading, they need to be reading for at least 20 to 30 minutes a day. Absolutely. Um, because kids that read 20 to 30 minutes a day, they're gonna continue to get better. But right. if you're only reading when somebody tells you to read, then how can you become a better reader? Right. So, you know, and I and I know that it's, it's dads out here that have kids that are having issues maybe with academics or they want their kids to achieve excellence in something, you know, they want them to achieve it in something. And, and that's why I said, like, you have to find out what they love because that's what makes it easier because yeah. trying to get them to do something that they don't love, is just going to be a headache for you. Right. So that, that reminds find me that of passion. a story. That, that reminds me of a story about my son so there was there was a time when he was struggling with reading and things like that. And so the teacher actually said, what does he like to read? What, what types of things interest him? And he loves comic books. He loves all the Marvel movies and the DC comic book movies and those types of things. So we got him a bunch of comic books and things like that. And he would actually start to read those. And he would go to school telling the teacher about these comic books he would he was reading. And they and for her, the teacher, it was more or less like, hey, he's reading. You know, mm -hmm. it doesn't it, he's, he's getting in the habit of reading, not mm -hmm. necessarily he, he has to read, you know, something like and I'm making it up. But I mean, tells Huckleberry Finn or something like that. But it's it's he was reading. And that is basically getting him in the habit 
ain't liking to read because who wants to read something they don't want to read? You want to read stuff that you enjoy reading. So exactly. Yeah. I have yet another question for you today. My question for today. All right. Who is the television sitcom dad goat? Who is the greatest sitcom dad of all time? Greatest sitcom. Hmm. From a, from a, from a sitcom. Yeah, any any era. Okay. Any era. Okay. Okay. I'm gonna say this and I just wanna make it clear before I say who it is that I'm separating the the actor from the character. So I'm gonna say the character's name, okay? The character oh, Here we go. of the, the GOAT TV dad, to me, is Cliff Huxtable. <laughs> Cliff Huxtable from The Cosby Show, okay? Yeah. I say that because there were so many different life lessons that he was able to teach his kids. And I think he had, well, he had three daughters, See, no, four daughters. He has Sandra, uh, Denise, Rudy, and Vanessa. And then he had uh, Malcolm Jamal Warner was the, the name of the actor, but uh, Theo was the name of the son. And there were so many different classic episodes where he was teaching his kids so many different things. So much so that that TV show spawned a different world which was all about, you know, the, the things that happened at Hillman College. I just, I love that character. I loved how he would get upset and how he would still discipline his kids and it would seem to be the right way. He provided so many life lessons to them uh, with, with his girls and his son. I just, I just think he was dope. I, I, I really do. I, I really can't argue with you saying that Cliff Huxtable was the GOAT. It, it's just, it's, it's terrible that, you know, Bill Cosby's actions outside of the show has really put a bad light on that show and that character. Right. Because, you know, it was. I mean, he was America's dad. I mean, not talking about, not America's black dad. He was America's dad. All colors, all different types of people looked at clicks. Cliff Huxtable, like he was the guy. And I think that's why when right. all the allegations and stuff came out against Bill Cosby, I think that's what kind of hit everybody so hard. It was like, no, not him. Not the guy we used to watch on TV. It's no way that Cliff right. could be like that. You know, so I can't argue that. I, I can't argue that. So who do you say? Who do you say? I figured that you probably wouldn't gonna go with him. Um now I gotta pick from my era, you know, so it's a little bit different. I can't say that I grew up watching the Cosby show. I can't say that I grew up watching good times. Yeah, the rewind runs were on, 
but that wasn't my thing, right? Right. The dad that I watched faithfully, faithfully was Mr. Banks from Fresh Prince. Mm. Okay. Now, okay. Uncle Phil, okay. Uncle Phil, he, to me, as far as TV sitcoms, he was the dad of all dads. I mean, it was just real life stuff to me. He had a hard-headed nephew. Now, he's living out in Bel Air. <laughs> he's living a good life. And he has a troubled nephew right. all on the East Coast. And he's like, we're going to bring him out here to California, and he's going to live with us. First of all, he takes on that responsibility right. because even though it's Vivian's sister's child, dad still got to get an okay. Like she could have came to him. And he said, no, nah, we, we can't, we can't do that, honey. We're we not going to be able to do that. Right. But he said, yeah, he brought him in there. And then I look at like all the personalities that he had to manage in that household. First of all, he got one wife that turns into another wife. That's crazy in itself. <laughs> <laughs> and then you got Will that's on one side, and then you got Carlton on the other side. They are totally like polar opposites of each other. True. And he kept them Very true. from, I mean, just ripping each other apart. And then these jokers became like best friends. You know, they were... Yeah. They did. They were tight by the end of that. No separating them. They did. And they then were. you got Hillary and all her. I mean, she just spoiled us all outdoors. And then you got the baby yeah. girl, Ashley. Yeah. Then you got a, a butler in there that you paying. And he smart with you anytime he give a chance. He's going to give you some extra lip. And you paying his salary, letting him he live did. with you. <laughs> I gotta go with Uncle Phil, man. I gotta go with Uncle Phil. Uncle Phil, Uncle, Uncle Phil's Phil. my guy. Uncle, Uncle Phil was my number two. I, I'd echo a lot of the same things that you said, and and you like you said it was it was one of those things with Uncle Phil where, yeah, that was his nephew, but it was almost akin to, you know, like people who get married and and they have stepchildren. He took someone else's kid mm -hmm. in, right? Yeah. And like raised that that young man into a man. And that was, the, I think that was so, I think that was dope. I think that was dope of him to be able to do that and to give him so many different experiences that he wouldn't have gotten had he stayed back home. And I just think that, you know, you saw the maturity that Will's character had from when he first got there to when he left. And so I just, yeah. I think it was, I think it was so excellent of he, he him did. to be a stand-up guy like that. Yeah. So yeah, for sure. I, I, he was, he was my number two, but I, I, I had to go with Cliff Hustle. Though. I had to go with Cliff Hustle. Yeah, cause I, I'm not mad at, I'm not mad at Uncle Phil at all. I'm not. Yeah. Not cause I mean, Will, from where Will was when he first came into what he turned into when he, when the show ended, I mean, he helped Will turn into a man. Yeah. I mean, he really did. And then even that episode where um, Will's dad had came back into his life and, you know, Phil was feeling some type of way during that episode. Right. 
Like, man, I'm the one out here taking care of you and you gonna like put me to the side. But you know, kids, that's how they, they are with their, with their dad sometimes. Like they miss a lot of time with them and they trying to make up time. They just, you know, kids want to be with their dads. You know, mm-hmm. it is what it is. And um, I think everybody remembers that moment in TV where Will was just crying and like, why you don't want me? And yeah. he was so upset with his dad and Uncle Phil was right there. He's like, yeah. I mean, he didn't say it, but it was like, yeah, your dad's not here, but I'm here. Yeah. You know, he can't. I mean, he could never take Will's dad's place, but um, he did a a great job of of being there for support with Will, you know, throughout that series. Absolutely. Um, My honorable mention and like I said, I could only go off of the shows that I watched, and that's why I felt limited. And that's why I'm really interested to hear what, what a lot of um, viewers are going to be talking about. But my honorable mention was um, Officer Carl Winslow um, from Family Matters. Um, okay. I really didn't feel like he was like the GOAT, but it was the only other person I could really think of that I could possibly put into that. Um, the thing I liked about Carl was, I mean, he was able to manage having a menace living next door. Yeah. yeah. All those years. So I had to give him some respect for that. Okay. But okay. It was, it was, I think it was good TV more than anything. Yeah. But we definitely want to hear from you guys. We want to see what dads you think um, are the greatest of all time. So go ahead and leave your comments and let's keep this conversation going. Um, This is. Tell us why. Tell us why they the goat. If you disagree with us, tell us why. So it's Mario E and Kid signing off. Thank you for listening to the Dad Rules Podcast with your host, Mario E and Kid. Don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Also, follow and like us on Facebook and Instagram. You can find our podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podcast Addict, Breaker, and Player FM. Till next time.